love, I want to let you know that next week I'm hosting a free goal-setting and vision-casting workshop to reset for the last six months of 2019. I've hosted this for a couple years in a row in January, and it is one of your favorite things I've created. I still get DMs from people on Instagram telling me they just accomplished a goal that I helped them set five months ago. They're still using the, I think it's 12 pages of worksheets that I give you. I want to let you know we do not send a replay of this class, honestly, because the percentage of people who actually watch the replay is super low. So don't tell yourself you want to get organized for July 1 unless you really mean it. People who aren't serious sign up but don't actually make the time for themselves. And those who are ready to take action prioritize themselves and their time. So that is why we are not sending a replay to help you decide which camp you are in. So if you want to make these next six months elegant and excellent, like we talked about in last week's podcast, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, work at a corporate job, or are a fellow entrepreneur, I want to help as many of you as possible. So I'm going to host it twice next week. You can head to hillaryrushford.com slash free to save your seat. That's hillaryrushford.com slash free. And today is our first ever listener question episode. Cue the applause and the confetti. Carissa sent this in at hillaryrushford.com slash pod VIP, and you can do the same. I found you years ago because of your fashion, which is flawless. And as a fellow musical theater actress, I absolutely fell in love with your voice and your perspective on life. So I'm wondering if you could share some of your fashion tips that are in your style and stylability class here on your beautiful new podcast. Carissa, I would be delighted. Here we go. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. What can I tell you about style with my voice? It is much easier to teach style principles on video where you can see colors, patterns, shapes, styles, proportions. And yet so much of what I've come to discover about what makes women feel beautiful or sadly more often not beautiful happens before we look at the clothes. Yes, a big part of it is what we wear, what we own, what we buy, how our closets are organized for ease and creativity instead of overwhelm, etc. But there's so much in your head and heart to explore that I'm much more of a psychologist in my role as a stylist than I realized when I launched my business as just a girl good at shopping on a budget and uncovered all of this much more valuable wisdom we were all craving. We can't cover it in one podcast episode of this. You're welcome with myself, Hillary Rushford. Because I've discovered with my clients and students, it truly is a journey. It takes time to unravel these stories, uncover these lies, rewire truths, discover your true heart and self. You've thought about your body and your beauty for decades. You're not going to rewire all of that in 20 minutes, which is why I'm writing a book. It requires way more than a podcast episode, and it's also better not binged in one sitting. It's why my style course takes place over weeks. You want these truths to really sink in. But today, I want to share three lies and the truths I have found after thousands of students apply to every single woman, regardless of her race, sexual identity, income, or age. So lie number one is, I don't have the stylish gene. 
The myth here is that style is art. But there is a science to style. It's art plus science. And even the art is kind of about slowing down to explore your science, your makeup, your style, your preferences. So, for example, one exercise I love to do is look at which celebrities or influencers, just whoever you can find photos of on Instagram or Pinterest, whose clothes, whose closet would you love to own? Whose clothes would you love most to be wearing? And then you break it apart. What is it in those women's wardrobes, in those photos that you're really drawn to, that it's colorful or neutral, it's artistic or professional, it's diverse or very honed and simply chic? Your style is art. It's aesthetics and creativity and beauty. But there are reasons why you like what you like. You feel the way you feel. There's a way you want to feel. There's a recipe, an equation. You like that this person wears crisp, clean, confident suits, yet it's warm, soft color palettes. Or you like neutrals that have a cool shape and fabric to them. It's not totally random. There's a rhythm, a reason and a rhyme to why you like what you like. It feels professional yet young, creative while being classic. It feels glamorous or French or friendly or approachable. Then once we have the clothes, there's also a science to the shape of our bodies. I got some girl ranting on Instagram recently for uh, a post about my style workshop a while back. It's called How to Dress Your Shape. And she was going off about how what we need is to let women embrace their shape, not tell them they're an apple or a pear. And I was like, yeah, I'm with you. Why are you yelling at me? (laughs) I'm all about helping women embrace their shape. And I do not discuss fruit. And the principles I teach apply to every body type. Every size or age, like there aren't principles for your 20s and different principles in your 60s. Or here's principles for petites and principles for plus size. Because they aren't boxes. They're science. It's tools you can use to be empowered over your clothes, not the kind of clothes you should wear. It's how you can make the clothes that you want to wear work for your body and life and lifestyle as opposed to being told what you can't wear. It's here's how you can wear whatever the heck you want. You can take that class. By the way, the next time it's offered, if you go over to hillaryrushford.com slash free, my name, hillaryrushford.com slash free, because the workshop is free. You can go over there, pop your email in and get notified when I'm offering that again next. But what I find powerful is the bright mature, successful women who stare at me with tears brimming in their eyes and say, why has no one ever explained this to me? And it doesn't change. I created my signature course, Style and Stylability, in 2012. It's 2019. And it's been updated, but the core principles have not changed. The 10 fundamental principles I teach have been the same for seven years and are just as effective today. If you look at style magazines, how much would they told you in the last seven years has been in or out or you was a must-have and now you don't need it anymore? That is how I know these principles are timeless. And we have students at every size, every age, literally from college students to grandmothers. <laughs> to be honest, we have women come in that are quite stylish and quite far from stylish, and they all blossom with more confidence, no matter where they came in at. That is how I know this is a science because it applies all across the board and it doesn't change. The truth is there is a science to style. Anyone can learn it. 
you can learn it, it's simply that no one taught you yet. Lie number two is buying more or weighing less are my only options for happiness. I shared some of my own struggles with body image back in episode one. If you have not heard that, I highly recommend that you take a listen. It was a very vulnerable episode that has resonated with a lot of people. There was absolutely a time when I wished more than anything I could weigh 20 pounds less. As a professional dancer, it was just a huge uh, pain point and insecurity in my life. But sometime last year, I popped into the private Facebook group for my style students, and I asked, would you be happier losing 10 pounds or understanding how to dress better? And I told them this wasn't a trick question. I wasn't fishing for them to say that taking my style class was better. I really was just curious because I spend a lot of time thinking about what makes women feel beautiful or not. And I was pondering how much we focus on if we could only lose weight, how much emphasis we put on that one part of it. And it just got me curious, is that really the number one thing that would make us happy? I'd say about 80 to 90 percent of the women said style knowledge. And they had some pretty genius reasons. They said, if you lose 10 pounds, no one but maybe your best friend will notice. But you wear a cute outfit and you'll get compliments from anyone. And I thought, that is such a good point. Who is really noticing the small changes in your body? It's mostly you. But when you put on something joyful or cute, it can be a stranger that says, oh, that really brightened my day. That looks adorable. Someone else said, you can gain the weight back or at least have to keep working at keeping it off. But the knowledge and confidence is there to stay. That was really savvy as well. For many people, weight is a constant thing that they are working on. I am very blessed in my case that it was because of overeating. And once I was able to kind of shift that and grow in my awareness, it now has not been an issue for me. But nonetheless, my stomach is still not flat and I could continue to go back and forth, really obsessing about trying to get that to be the thing. But once I gained the confidence in my beauty and how I could dress, that suddenly didn't become as important. Someone else said, if I'd lost 10 pounds, I would still not have liked my body as much as I do now that I just know how to dress it better. And I believe she specifically gave the example that she had in the past lost that weight. She had since gained it back, but she was happier now with this knowledge, with this different perspective on her beauty than she had been when she was simply thinner. So she had been in both places and knew that she was happier now. And then my assistant told me her mom, who took our course, is finding it so much easier to lose weight because she's finding so much more joy in taking care of her body. That the the wanting to lose weight was coming from this restrictive place of, I don't like my body, I'm trying to change it. Now that she is focused on her beauty, she is so much happier that she just wants to treat her body better and wants to feed it healthier things. Now, I'm not saying all of that to encourage you to take my class. I'm not even offering it right now. You can get on the wait list, like I mentioned at hillaryrushford.com slash free. But it's because I really want you to consider that there are other things beside losing weight that could make you feel more beautiful. Being a healthy weight, having a healthy gut, all that stuff for longevity of life is so important. But as far as feeling beautiful, what can we explore besides weight and besides buying more? So my own experience with buying more, I've really paid attention to this in the last couple of years. I've realized that I can get things home, keep the tags on, and 
realize I'm not that into it and I'm ready to return it just from it sitting there on my chair, sitting in my closet where I realize I just never really even wanted to wear this. And now that I look at the price again, I'm like, I'd kind of rather just return that and have that money for something else. Sometimes it even takes wearing it once to be like, yeah, I kind of got that out of my system. But I've realized now I don't even have to wear it. I can just sit there and I can realize, yeah, I'm not that jazzed. If I was that jazzed about it, I would have worn it right away. It's like the law of diminishing returns, even though now that I actually say that out loud, I'm not sure exactly that I know what that principle is. I feel like there's some economist on a treadmill listening being like, that is not what this means. So I would like you to know that I did take AP economics, but my day job is style, so I will stick to that. So instead of that, let me say, buying something new gives us a hit of serotonin, that so-called happy chemical in our brains. This much I do know is true. But that buzz wears off, and then we want more. It's like dessert. One dessert does not last me all week. I want dessert every day. (laughs) We keep wanting that hit of serotonin. So we buy it and we get the hit. And then by the time the thing actually hangs in our closet and we get around to wearing it, it doesn't bring us as much serotonin. And then by wear 10, it doesn't bring us as much. But learning how to be creative in your closet, that is a muscle that grows. It always feels good because there was no financial investment. It gives you that same serotonin hit through creativity, the win of creating a new outfit without having spent money. You're learning how to take what you already have in your closet and multiply it, make more outfits out of it. The rush of creating something from that, the joy of a new outfit for free without leaving your house. The truth is we can get more peace and joy from things other than losing weight or buying more Those are just the two places we've been taught and told to get it from. So where do we get it? To me, the answer to beauty is all about security, which I talked about in episode three when I talked about our issues and episode six on being single and dating, which anyone who is married should go listen to that episode as well. Security to me is what it is all about. So how do we become more secure in our beauty? My experience as a stylist has taught me it comes from education, plus empathy. So education is being empowered. It's learning the science of style, principles, understanding how to be creative in your closet, understanding why you buy what you buy, why it does or doesn't work, what you like, how you want to feel. Getting educated in this thing we all do every day, getting dressed, that is wildly powerful in our lives, whether we feel beautiful, that there are zero classes on in school, Magazines who have the business model of telling you to buy more from their advertisers who are paying them are your only textbook. And aside from the rare few who have a mom that actually had more insight to teach you, most of us are completely lost. And then the empathy that comes from hearing other women share. Not hearing other women complain, but really vulnerably share. Like I remember one time in the private group within the style class, there was a girl who posted an outfit and she said, I feel really vulnerable in this because I, my legs are heavy. And so I never wear this kind of thing. And multiple women, these are strangers. This isn't her mom or her best friend who have any skin in this game, any reason to be biased. Multiple women are commenting saying, would never occur to me that you have large legs. I don't feel you have large legs at all. Just as a note, in case it's helpful, I do not see you as someone who has large legs. This successful 30-something woman reads all these comments and replies, you guys, I just realized 
that I do not have large legs. I have thought that I had large legs ever since high school when I was an athlete. And at the time, I was more muscular than the other girls who had these skinny little legs. And I was a soccer player or whatever, and my legs were more muscular. But I've just told myself that for 20 years that I have large legs. And now that I'm looking at this photo with the rest of you, I'm acknowledging my legs look totally normal compared to the rest of my body. She had this huge aha moment, and therefore, I'm confident that so many other women did in the comments as well because they were able to empathize and see themselves with fresh eyes. For me, it was my beta clients. I did free style sessions with a few of my girlfriends before I launched my business to see if I actually knew it was going to work the way that I thought it was going to. And these were women I had known through years, four years through my church. And every one of them, there was three women, and each one of them had something that they were really insecure about with their body that had never occurred to me before. I had a a really petite friend who was super self-conscious about her arms. We were looking for a dress for her to wear to a wedding. And I just thought, just for what it's worth, I... I've never, your arms have never crossed my mind. I've never thought like, man, that girl has a, she's a teeny girl, but she's got large arms. And yet that's all she could see in every outfit. And here I'm looking at her thinking, oh, this dress is darling. It doesn't even occur to me to look at her arms until she points them out. For another girl, it was her chest. I thought, you know, girl, I've, I've never noticed that you had a large chest before. I mean, now that you're pointing it out, yes, you do have an ample bosom. But as a friend, I've never been like, oh, my girlfriend, you know, so-and-so, yeah, she's she's really well endowed. <laughs> it just never even occurred to me. And again, she wasn't delusional. She did indeed have a large chest, but it wasn't something noteworthy. But it's what she saw in everything she put on. And for my final girlfriend, she said, well, you know, I'm such a wide, very wide woman, got these birth and hips and all that. And I was like, you know, uh, I've, it's never occurred to me. You're, you're, you're just a size medium. She was like, really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, my bottom half is larger than my top half. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess if we look at you naked, that might be true. But when you're just wearing a dress, it's not like you have these preposterously large hips and these itty bitty shoulders. You're just a size medium woman. That is honestly what healed my own body image and made me realize without losing any weight that I was so incredibly focused on my stomach in a way that other people weren't. And I've now seen it for hundreds, thousands of women in my style course. It's not the same thing that happens on a group text when someone says they wish they could lose weight. It's more intentional and focused and guided. Like my friend says she wants to lose weight. Okay, like I support her in that. But when I hear her say that she's wildly self-conscious about her very large derriere, which seems perfectly normal size to me in proportion to her body, and then I hear that there's a story about a guy who said it was big and he meant it as a compliment, something he really liked about her body, but for her it became this insecurity. And guys would compliment her on it, but she always took it as a negative thing. And it was, she did not have an especially large backside. It was just like, yes, she had curves. Guys liked it, but it totally worked with the rest of her petite, you know, size two body. But the truth is, there is a new level of freedom that your heart and brain can be introduced to. And ye gad, sister, it makes everything in your life lighter and better without losing weight or buying more. Just as you are today, you earnestly feel more beautiful. It is addictive, and it is why I do what I do. The final and third lie for today is some version of, 
I should just care less. This is anti-feminist or this is being vain. Anything along those lines that dismisses that there is something frivolous or silly or superfluous about caring about style or beauty or what you look like or what your weight is. I want to tell you the story of a woman named Helen who exemplifies what I mean when I say that my job is to write and teach on what makes women feel beautiful. So there's an incredible organization called Charity Water that uh, brings fresh water sources to communities in Africa that don't otherwise have access to it. We at Dean Street love this organization. We've partnered with them. You can go to uh, hillaryrushford.com water if you want to see about the uh, current well that we are building with them in Ethiopia and the progress of it. But we love this organization. And one of the reasons why is because I heard this story many years ago, um, as well as having great respect for their transparency as a uh, as a nonprofit. But they went and built a well in this village, and they went back about a year later to check on it and see what the impact had been on the community. And they asked this woman, Helen, how how has your life changed since the well? And she said, oh, my gosh, everything's better. And now I feel beautiful. And they said, you feel beautiful? Like they're expecting that she's healthier, her family's healthier, her daughter is able to go to school, she's able to make more money for her family through working. There's so many benefits for clean water. But they didn't expect this. And she said, well, yes, when there wasn't much water as a wife and a mother, I prioritized everyone else, cooking and cleaning and caring for them. But now that we have a well in the village, I can wash my face. I can wash my hair. I can wash my clothes. I feel beautiful. And I just found that so powerful. Helen didn't have clean water, the most basic need for health and survival. And yet even she was aware that she didn't feel beautiful. And having a healthier family and uh, education for her daughter and all of these wonderful things that came about, the first thing on her lips that affected the way she saw everything else was, now I feel beautiful. And it had nothing to do with losing weight or what she was wearing, if her husband found her sexy or if she looked right to get a job. It was just a desire in her heart in a tiny village with so little that her heart is designed with a desire to feel beautiful. And beautiful feels different for Ellen DeGeneres, who wears pants and sneakers all the time, or my transgender neighbor who has rainbow-colored hair and wears graphic tees with skirts, or the late Barbara Bush with her pearls, or Helen in her colorful cloth sari. It is not about style, clothing, weight, shape. It's about whether you feel beautiful, whether you are a millionaire, or sleeping in a homeless shelter with your children, whether you are at present trapped in sex slavery, or a mom of four happily in the suburbs. It is the number one thing you have in common with every other woman on the planet, even if everything else about your life and beliefs are different. It will be probably another 18 months before I have a style book to share with the world. It is a very long process. But this is why everyone on my team at Dean Street Society does what we do because we believe in this mission. To recap the little bit that we were able to touch on today, line number one, I don't have the stylish gene. The truth is there is a science to style. 
Anyone can learn it. You can learn it. It's simply that no one taught you yet. Lie number two, buying more or weighing less are my only options for happiness. The truth is we can get more peace and joy from things other than losing weight or buying more. Those are just the two places we've been taught and told to get it from. It comes from feeling more secure in our beauty, which comes from a combination of education and empathy. Being empowered and being in community of other women who are discussing this earnestly and honestly. And finally, line number three, I should just care less or this is anti-feminist or this is being vain. It's silly or superfluous. The truth is beauty is foundational. It is universal. It is deeply important to the world because a woman that believes she is beautiful, she shows up better. She shows up kinder, more confident and more courageous in her friendships, her marriage, her parenting, her work in the world, her community. Everyone wins when a woman believes she is beautiful. So till that book is ready for the world, I would love to help you with my freestyle workshop that I mentioned at hillaryrushford.com slash free when it's offered next. And speaking of next, the next You're Welcome Wednesday, we're talking about the myth of the perfect girl boss. This is for those who are fellow entrepreneurs, those who aren't sure if they want to or should be, and those who wish everyone would stop making them feel like they should be. If you love your day job and you want to keep it, this is for you as well. For today, if you believe this is a message that would bless other women, that's a refreshing perspective on beauty and style, please swipe up on whatever app you're listening on and leave a review. I know it's one of those things people just say at the end of podcasts, but it's the way more people listen. And then we have more women hear the message, the mission, believe it, embrace it, and Quite honestly, I believe the world gets better. So help recruit more women to this tribe of encouraging beauty. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media. Post it in a group chat you're in. Confidence begets confidence. Joy begets joy. And beauty begets beauty. And speaking of beauty, if you have any other questions about style, this topic or conversation, business for episodes coming up, or anything else, shoot an email to hello at hillaryrushford.com or head over to hillaryrushford.com slash pod VIP. That's my name, dot com slash pod as in podcast VIP as in you. You can hit record and leave us a voice memo right there that we would love to play on a future episode. I'll see you next time with grace and gumption. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is scheduling washing my hair. I know that sounds so freaking nerdy, but guys, it is the number one reason why I do or don't feel beautiful in a week, I started to notice, was whether I was having a good hair day. <laughs> and I realized, that I, I mean, I know this about myself, that I don't like washing my hair because if I realize when I wake up in the morning that it doesn't look great, I it slows me down. Like I know what time I wake up, what time I wanna leave the house, what time I wanna be at work. So even though I am my own boss, I really know what my morning schedule is. And I don't want to be behind because I had to wash and then dry and then put product in and then curl my hair. And at night, I'm tired and I forget. I'm not thinking about the next day. And then I get to the next morning. And I'm like, oh, my hair looks horrible. Why didn't I do this last night? So I decided to start scheduling that I wash my hair on Monday and Thursday nights. So what is your thing that you could set and forget? Back when we were dating, 
Jeremy constantly needed to do laundry. Guys, he literally had like four sweaters when we started dating. And he goes to the gym a lot. So he goes through a lot of t-shirts and, you know, shorts, whatever. Also, sorry to be TMI, but I mean, he had like six pairs of underwear. Like I was like, babe, we just got to double the amount of underwear you have. And then you can go two weeks without having to do laundry. But it was this constant thing because we lived pretty far apart from each other in Brooklyn. And it was like, whose neighborhood are we hanging out? And he constantly had to go back to his neighborhood, which was farther away, to do laundry. And I was like, this is the number one issue in our relationship. (laughs) You need to come up with a laundry schedule. So we made Tuesday's laundry day. And then suddenly it was not this thing that kept popping up. For you, it might be that if you don't do laundry Tuesday, then unlike my beloved now husband, you actually do have clothes. They're just not the clothes you like. So you don't feel beautiful in them. Or you're like pulling them out of the laundry and giving them a Febreze, but they still and like covering them with perfume. And you're like, doesn't really smell the freshest. So again, you're not really feeling great. So if you would just say, I'm going to do laundry on Tuesdays. And that way I know that I always have the clothes I really love to be able to wear. Now he's like ninja at organization and he'll pack five gym outfits in plastic bags for the week. Like they give you, you can get plastic bags at the gym, I guess, to put your dirty clothes in. Well, he'll bring those home and then he'll just lay out five t-shirts, five underwear, five shorts, pack them up. And then he's just ready to grab and go in the morning. For my girlfriend, Jessie, she wears all black pants and white shirts for her workout gear. She has long long sleeves or short sleeves for different weather, but she just, it's another set it and forget it. She doesn't ever have to think about what she's wearing. She knows she feels cute in that, she feels beautiful, and it's good to go. So for me, it is Wednesday, so I will be washing my hair tomorrow night, which makes me feel like this really solidifies our online friendship that I'm basically texting you my hair washing schedule. You're welcome. Oh, goodness, that's not all. Tell him one more thing, Hillary. PPS, one more reminder about my free vision casting and goal setting workshop next week. Sneak peek, and I don't know if I should even be saying this out loud, but I have a journal that I've been working on creating for y'all. TBD on when or if that will ever make it into production and out into the world. But for now, the foundation of what I've personally used and taught for years is totally free as I'm giving you all of these journal sheets just to print off when you attend the call. So head to hillaryrushford.com slash free and let's hang out next week. I will stick around for Q&A to answer anything else that I can help you with and I cannot wait to spend some time with you live. So I'll see you then. Till next Wednesday.